back to throw Fitzpatrick. Throwing high into the air. Got it. Parker touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins each and every day. How's it going, everybody? It is Wednesday. I am your host, Travis Winkfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, three straight days of training camp practice. How lucky are we to get to talk about this? We'll get all the notes and details from the on-field activity. Plus, we'll hear from Coach Flores, Emmanuel Ogba, Noah Igbenogany, and Isaiah Ford. All of that and more on this Wednesday training camp, August the 19th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. And we are going to hear from Coach Flores here in just one second. But before we do that, as the official wellness provider and sports medicine provider of the Miami Dolphins, Baptist Health is ready and committed to continue caring for you safely. This pandemic has reminded us that crisis doesn't build character, it reveals it. It's also taught us that our health is truly what matters most. We have the power to protect each other by wearing a mask. So who do you mask up for? Mask up South Florida. Keep caring, live healthy, stay strong, and learn more at baptisthealth.net slash coronavirus. All right, we had no roster news over the evening and into the morning here. So let's go ahead and just kick things off with Coach Flores' Wednesday morning media availability. He kicks things off here with the loss of Vince Beagle. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was unfortunate, you know, him, him getting injured and, um, you know, it was a significant injury. So it's a, it's, a, it's a tough loss for us. But, you know, as I said to the team, you know, Vince, he embodies a lot of things we're looking for in a Dolphin. You know, he's tough. He's smart. Um, it's important to him. He's competitive. He's a team first guy. Um, so it's a tough loss. But, um, you know, as Beagle would want us to, we've got to, uh, you know, move on and, and guys have to, other guys have to step up. Um, you know, we've got some competition, some depth, um, you know, with at the end position, at the linebacker position. So, um, you know, while it's a tough loss for us, we've got to we've got to we've got to we've got to move on. And, and, and uh, the next guy's got to come in and, and compete and uh, give us some good production. And the next question was about another player absent from practice on Tuesday. Coach Flores talked about that absence, his load management and what Preston Williams is doing off to the side when he's not on the practice field. Uh, you know, Preston coming off the, the the knee injury a year ago, he'll be, you know, he'll be, we, we've got a plan for him. Um, and that'll include some some days where he's he's not out there. Um, but, you know, I expect that he'll be out there today. And, you know, he's going to get his, you know, you, you guys may not see him on the field, but he's working, um, whether it's in the weight room or in the bubble or in the training room. So, um He's actually obviously always working hard to, to, to get back, but you know from a you know management standpoint, um, you know we want to take care of all our players. Um, so whether it's Preston or anyone else coming back from rehab or injury, um, you know we've got a plan in place, and um, you know in some cases that's that includes a, a you know let's call it some call it load management or a day off here and there. Um, in some other cases it doesn't, so it's really case by case. Up next, Coach Flores addressed Tua's health and availability so far in practice, as well as his performance through the first two days of training camp. You know, obviously, he's coming off the hip. I think he's looked good thus far from that standpoint physically. Um, and, you know, if guys can go and they're feeling good, then, you know, we revisit it really on a daily basis. So, again, case by case. 
uh, as far as how he's looked the, the first two days. Uh, some good, some bad, a lot to uh, improve upon. Um, some good throws, some good decisions, some, uh, you know, throws that aren't so good, some some not so good decisions. So to, uh, you know, like all the quarterbacks, I mean, we really could probably say the same thing for all of them. And you know, obviously we're evaluating all, all, all the quarterbacks and all the players on the roster. A lot of improvement needs to be, needs, needs to be made, but, you know, I'm pleased with with you know all our quarterbacks as well as you know a lot of the players that are that are out there competing now and the next coach expanded on the performance of all the quarterbacks josh rosen ryan fitzpatrick and tua tungavailoa so far in training camp 2020 i think all three guys are are really competing um you know it's a new offense so new terminology uh new cadences but i think they're all kind of picking it up quickly making good decisions for the most part i think that's something that we've kind of uh, harped on is constantly making good decisions, smart decisions, whether it's throwing the ball downfield or uh, checking the ball down, uh, picking up the third, uh, picking up the, uh, you know, the yardage for a first down, um, you know, when we get into our two minute situations, getting us completions, getting us in the field goal range rather than, you know, going for the big throw. Um, but at the same time, you know, we don't want to be a check down team the entire season either. So there's a lot that goes into it. I think, you know, from a, a communication from a, you know, getting guys, you know, lined up in and out of the huddle leadership standpoint. I think all three guys are, are coming along uh, fairly well. And um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we just continue on that trajectory. And then coach would go on to answer some more questions about injuries and the off season program and kind of dealing with some of the maybe soft tissue issues that come up this time of year and the importance of these players getting their bodies ready for training camp for OTAs in a normal off season and how important coach Flores does believe the off season is for these athletes to finally tune their bodies, to finally tune their machines and get themselves ready for the rigors of training camp. And of course, for the regular season in September, here's coach just kind of talking about injuries and how important it is and how how much they harped on keeping these guys' bodies in shape throughout the course of the spring and the summer. Yeah, you know, I think it just kind of speaks to how important. You know, well, I feel like you know the offseason is important for these guys. Um, those OTAs, those reps, those you know the conditioning of the body, it's important. Um, but you know, I think our guys, you know, uh, they understood that going in. It's something we harped on during the virtual offseason. We talked to them about it. I think they were. Um, uh, diligent as far as trying to work, trying to work out, get, uh, trying to stay in condition, trying to lift weights and do all the things necessary to, to play in a, in a, or to compete in a training camp, an NFL training camp. But injuries happen in the sleep, you know, and they happen to every team in every training camp, you know, for every team during the season. Um, nothing's more important than the health of the team. I think every coach in this entire league, you know, or really period, you know, whether it's NFL, college, High school, peewee, the health of the team is is is, is critical. Um, but injuries happen. Um, you know, you don't want them to happen. So we try to do everything to uh, limit limit them from happening, from hydrating to stretching to you know getting into the training room for preventative um, exercises and things of that nature. Um, but they happen, and um, it's unfortunate. You know, I hate to see that. You know, with Beagle. Um, or any player, and I, you know, you see it around the league, and I hate to see it, you know, for, for any player. And you know, uh, I feel for all those players because I know how how important the game is to them and how uh, much they put into it. So, you know, to see them, you know, get an injury early in preseason uh, or training camp is it's, it's unfortunate. Um, but you know, I think the guys in this league, each one of them, you know, Beagle, I know for sure, um, he's going to work extremely hard to come back uh, stronger than ever. Um, 
you know, however long it takes for, for him to get back. And I'm sure it's the same with all the other guys across the league. And speaking of the depth on the roster, Coach was asked about the receiver room and how he feels about the depth of that wide receiver room after a couple weeks here of OTAs and lead up into training camp and, of course, through the first two days of Dolphins camp. I've been pleased with that group, you know, obviously working through some, you know, like we talked about with Preston earlier, working through some uh, some guys who are kind of, we're trying to manage, uh, but, you know, from Devontae to Jakeem to, uh, you know, some even some of our younger players, you know, Matt Cole and, you know, Ricardo Lewis, we got him back, you know, I mean, I think these guys are all, uh, they're working hard. Um, you know, I think Grizz has done a good job. Uh, as far as, you know, working the techniques, the fundamentals, uh, get them up to speed on uh, what we're trying to do offensively. I like, I like the group. Um, you know, I think they, they understand um, the importance of blocking in the run game and getting open and, and catching the football consistently. Um, and we just need to continue to, to keep working on those things. You know, we had the two opt-outs. And again, you know, we were very supportive of, of, of uh, both Albert and Al. But then we brought Chester on and we brought Ricardo on and I think those guys have, have, have done solid so far, but we still got a long way to go. Uh, still, still, still somewhat early. Um, and for those new guys, especially the young guys, getting used to the speed of, of the NFL, you know, getting used to you know Malcolm Perry, Kirk Merritt, Malcolm Perry, Kirk Merritt, you know Matt Cole, getting used to the speed, getting used to the physicality of the corners in this league. Uh, you know that takes a little getting used to, and I think they're all working through that. Uh, but I like the group. You know, it's a tough group. And to finish it up, Coach was asked about another group and the depth at the edge position to kind of replace Vince Beagle and what he has there in guys like Andrew Van Ginkle and the other players coming off the edge on this defense in that front seven. Well, I think, uh, you know, starting with Ginkle, I think, you know, Grant, he's had a, a good offseason, um, really works hard, you know, strengths up. Um, I think that, you know, the, the, the first and second year, uh, you know, leap, as some would call it, you know, it's an important one. And I think he's kind of, taken that seriously and you know made a lot of improvements and you can kind of see it in his game right now um you know whether or not that that translate you know into uh, on-field production you know that remains to be seen um but I'm, I'm 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 happy with where he is um i know you mentioned uh kamu and roberts uh i think you know both guys have have uh come in uh had some familiarity with the defense already um but you know the the, the little tweaks that that are different from when they they were last in it. Um, I think they've, they picked up on those quickly. Um, you know, there's leadership from both guys. You know, filling Geekle's shoe, Geekle, I mean, Beagle's shoes will be a, uh, you know, collective effort, uh, you know, from the linebacker group, from the end group, you know, in the kicking game. You know, Beagle, you know, he played a lot of roles for us a year ago um, in the kicking game as well. So a lot of roles to fill. So, again, you know, Roberts, uh, Vanoy, uh, Kamu, uh you know, Ginkle, Weaver will have a shot, you know, in there. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll see how this goes. Uh, you know, when a guy goes down, there's a little bit of, you know, we call it depth chart madness that, that happens. Um, and, uh, you know, we're kind of dealing with that, uh, you know, on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, with injuries and with things like the Beagle situation where, you know, as a staff, we go back and we say, hey, you know, we thought it was going to be this and now we've got we've to gotta switch and be, be – but I think our staff, they've done a good job adapting – being flexible, that's what, you know, basically 2020 is all about. So um, if you're not that, then you're going to struggle. 
And so there you heard Coach Flores. The Dolphins definitely brought the intensity to practice on Wednesday as we start the practice notes today by telling you there really wasn't a whole lot to note from the pre-practice session. I typically give notes on who's out there, who's doing what, but I don't think it's good podcasting just to sit here and tell you the same story over and over again every day. So we'll jump into the thing I first noticed with special teams, and we saw this last year, and we've heard Coach reference it a thousand times, the importance in the kicking game. It doesn't really matter if you're expected to play a bunch of snaps on offense or on defense the special teams units will have the best guys out there for the job we saw plenty of very talented players involved in that and we go back to last year for instance with Jerome Baker who played a thousand snaps on defense and 200 more on special teams so just keep that in mind as we go forward perfect attendance today except for the obvious ones we heard coach talk about Beagle on the podcast earlier Xavier Howard still is not working so we kicked it off with the individual drills again ball security for the skill guys chase and strip were the exact same drill as well as the scoops uh, scoop up drill but I also saw a couple of new added ones I didn't recognize previously a station where they worked on breaking up passes at the catch point a short throw and the defensive back or defender closes down and tries to separate the football from the hands of the pass catcher. You see that a lot on Sundays. It's a very big point of emphasis to play the ball. Dolphins working hard on that. Another one was the defenders starting off in a shade off either shoulder of the tackling sled or the dummy sled. Then they would shuffle to square up and explode through it, really refining that form tackling. A very important aspect heading into a strange season without much of an offseason. Tackling is going to be key. I tried to get a better look at the guys in the front seven on the far side of the field and they were working on the sled as well doing a kind of double jack where they would pop it up twice and then close down and wrap up the tackling dummy there and using their eyes and hands and reading to get off the blocks. That's something Coach Hobby has really emphasized in his time here. We always get the receivers right in front of us for their individual drills, and I'm always kind of enamored with how those guys move, like how fluid and how smooth it is. And one thing I noticed on Wednesday as they were doing a drill with four cones spaced a few yards apart each in a zigzag type of formation, the receivers had to corner around each one of them, then catch the football at the end. And we had Navy offensive staff with Coach Niamatu and Ivan Jasper on the podcast a while back, Ashley Ingram as well. And they talked about Malcolm Perry and how smooth of a runner he was. And you really saw that in this drill, the way he can cut on a dime and get in and out of breaks. He is so dang quick, man. Then I got a peek at the quarterbacks throwing to the tight ends. And since we haven't talked a whole lot about the tight ends on this podcast, I wanted to get a better feel for how those guys move and how they play. And the thing I just really noticed was how big those guys are. Like Gasicki is long and tall, but Shaheen, Smythe, Myrick, and the newcomer, I think it's Whiteling, these guys are massive dudes. Really helps give you that balance in 12 personnel we saw last year with Gasicki and Smythe plenty of times. The two tight end sets the Dolphins ran 24% of the time last year, according to Sharp Football Analysis. I got a quick peek at the offensive line. Nothing special, but man, they focus on imposing their will every single day. They are all such large dudes, and they worked on finishing blocks and really driving through these blocks and just staying active that way and pushing those sleds, the the tackling dummies and the sleds around. We can go a full ton on this offensive line probably with a full 2,000 pounds with the guys we have up there, but they really work on that drive blocking and staying connected and finishing those blocks. And on that note, something I jotted down early in team drills, I love, love, just love this nugget. After the play is over, the defense all hustles to the football, staying active, being around the football. We heard Roe talk about the emphasis on takeaways on the podcast yesterday. Getting around the ball is the best way to seize those opportunities, and the Dolphins work on that every single play. You watch the quarterbacks a little bit here. I love the way Fitz throws with intention on all of his passes, even on air. 
He's throwing the football to settle guys down or to speed them up to a specific spot. There was one particular throw where he had a seam shot and he threw it with anticipation, threw it early on the back shoulder and set his guy down in that spot to kind of help him work on that. Tua is very deliberate in his eye placement. You can really see his head snap from down the middle when he comes off the snap to when he's time to throw the football to his target. He snaps over to that read and kind of keeps the defense guessing that way. And Josh just has a big arm, man. He was ripping some shots out there and he continues to grow and look more and more comfortable as a Miami Dolphin in this offense, in this system. This quarterback room just has so much freaking talent. I'm very excited about that. Okay, team period up next. And it was chippy man there was some barking lots of communication going on and plenty plenty of hitting and pads popping I got to sit about eight feet away from John Kinjemi as we both took in the practice in social distancing fashion and we were talking about Alandon Roberts and we both agreed that when a fight inevitably breaks out here in training camp it happens every year every training camp around the NFL when a fight breaks out it's going to be number 44 because on the first three plays here is what Elandon Roberts did first He closes down on an inside run and just puts a shoulder on Matt Breida, knocking him to the ground. And it really looked like he wasn't even trying that hard. He's just so thick and strong that he has all that power behind those pads. The next play is a screen pass. He sniffs it out again on Matt Breida, closes down and pops him and puts him on the ground again. He was bringing the lumber, but also the noise. He was being very vocal. He even chewed out a young player after a pass got completed. He was just setting the tone all day long, doing it both with his hitting and his chirping as well. And I joked with John about the difference from this year's practices to last year's training camp. And we both agreed that it was different in the tone and in the pace of things as well. Jesse Davis had a great seal block off the edge on Van Noy for a really good outside run for Matt Breida. That is a tall order to get outside of Kyle Van Noy and get him sealed up and get that edge for your running back. And Davis got it done on that rep. Jamal Perry has been super active running across the formation, chasing guys in motion. He is active out there. And you notice him both in the run game and the passing game and being very physical up at the line. Devontae made some big plays. He caught a curl right in front of Noah Igbenogany and lowered his shoulder and ran through a tackle. Igbo didn't much like that, and it was getting even more chippy at that point, more on DVP here in just one minute. We went back to the run game, and Jordan Howard had this sort of delayed stutter step where he hesitated at the point. And I go back to this Brett Coleman YouTube video all the time, but man, you just see that vision and that patience from Jordan Howard. The way he reads and sets up his blocks, I think it's a really nice fit behind this massive offensive line. I tell you what, man, it goes together like lamb and tuna fish, man. Curtis Weaver had a sack on the day. He got around the edge on Julian Davenport and used the swipe to get himself clean for a would-be sack. We saw plenty of that at Boise State. We haven't talked much about Nick Needham a whole lot, but I think that might be a good thing. He was excellent today on a tackle against Mac Hollins out in space, got him to the ground, and he just looks smooth out there, being really smooth in his, his backpedal and his technique and getting guys covered up and not getting targeted a whole lot because of that. We go back to the ground game with Flowers and Jackson off the left side. They create this huge run for a big, big Jordan, or a huge lane rather, for a big Jordan Howard run. He was off to the races. Raekwon Davis then had a good rep where he showed off his length and kind of simulating the sled drill and the team drill. He stood his man up and disengaged from that block en route to a tackle for loss. And then he let the offensive lineman know about it. 
Preston catches a comeback on the next play, again on Igbo, and slipped a tackle. Igbo's reps today, I think, were a really good example of how slim the margin for error is in this league. He was so close so many times, like we talked about with Byron Jones on Monday's practice, but as he'll tell you later on in the podcast, he was a little bit frustrated today because Preston and Parker making plays. Those guys make plays in the league, of course, are going to get plays in practice as well. Speaking of big plays, we got another one here. Mike Gesicki gets vertical after getting flexed out wide up against Clayton Fedulum, the Dolphins' safety. He took a nine route deep and went above the rim to pull that thing down. He might have pushed off a tad, but hey, I didn't see a flag out there. There are no refs out there. Tua checks into the game, and then he found Ricardo Lewis for a first down on a third and short, like a third and five. There was pressure pretty quick on that play, and Tua let it fly on the outside, high and away, away from the defensive back, and he picks up the first down there with Ricardo Lewis. He also ripped a seam shot to Kirk Merritt for 20 yards or so down the field. Nice anticipation and laid it out there for Merritt, who went and got the football. It might have been 25, but either way, it was a nice anticipation shot as Kirk showed the quarterback his numbers after he cleared the linebacker, and the football was there right on time for a big gainer. So we talked about the chippy nature of practice, and I love this next drill because Coach had the team break into three groups and do some live hitting and tackling. They would line up five yards five yards apart from one another, the offensive player with the football, defense without, the whistle would go, and it was one-on-one, and there were some awesome collisions out there, man. I love football, and that's what it's all about. And the team was loving it too. When the drill wrapped up, the players let out this collective groan because they were having a great time with it. In that drill, I saw Gary Jennings truck somebody. There was a real emphasis on bringing that energy today, and they certainly did. Robert Hunt checks in and did some damn good work. He was moving guys off the ball, and he had a pass rush win on Emmanuel Ogba, which again has been pretty rare so far. Emmanuel looks terrific out there through three days. Defense is definitely multiple and exotic, but we know about that. We know about Brian Flores. There's lots of jobs and roles to be had on this defense. Isaiah Ford might be the team's leading receiver right now in terms of production in the team period besides Devontae Parker. He just continues to uncover and make plays. He caught a bunch more balls on Wednesday. I jotted down again that Hunt, again, moving guys. He gets so much push and that jives with what his tape was at college there. It's great to see him doing it here at the NFL level. Kayvon Frazier made a big play that was very Rashad Jones-esque, his bread and butter for so long. The strong side of the formation fires into that C-gap, and that's between the tackle and the tight end to the strong side of the formation, and flattens the edge for a tackle for loss. He is a burly guy, man. He's big, he's built, and he can really move too. I think that's a very underrated signing on this Dolphins defense and special team unit. I've got back-to-back tackles for loss from Zach Sealer. He's been showing up in an impressive way so far in camp. He even flexed after one of those plays, so you know he's feeling it. The same idea there with him and Raekwon Davis, that length and strength to engage and then disengage from blocks and make plays like we saw last year down the stretch with Sealer. Chandler Cox has been getting a lot of action out there, but it's kind of hard to see his role from where my vantage point is, just to be perfectly honest, but he has been active and involved. I had Hunt again with another great block, but this time it was a combo block between he and Solomon Kinley, catching a double team, then climbing up to the second level. There's just so much beef on that block. It makes a lot of fun to watch. Christian Wilkins had what should have been a big play alert. He won with an arm over inside and got into the backfield quickly and tipped the pass up into the air. It should have been picked off, but it was dropped. Preston Williams does get a big play alert on the board with a mossing of a defensive back. This was the play you're going to hear Noah Igbenogany talk about again later in the media availability on the podcast. He slammed his fist into the turf after this play was made. It was a corner route, and Fitz gave his guy a chance, and Preston just went up there and made one hell of a catch. I love seeing this wide receiver on defensive back competition. It's been tremendous through three days of camp. 
And that was it for the team drill. The Dolphins broke it down from there to a walkthrough with a fire drill for the field goal team to conclude things. On that topic, I don't think I've seen Jason Sanders miss a field goal yet. If he did, I didn't see it, but he's been pretty money. And Tua got Raekwon Davis to jump on a hard count on a fourth and short in this walkthrough drill they were doing after practice. And the offense was very pleased with that fact, getting the first down there in a cheap way. And from what I've seen, Blake Ferguson has been money on his snaps. Hawk, the holder, hasn't even had to raise or drop his hands. Always a good sign there. And to conclude this, I really had a great chat with John Congemi again. He made a great point to me about how the real test comes in a week or two into camp when guys on defense start to get a, start to get a feel for the routes on the offense and the offense gets a feel for how the defense disguises their coverages and whatnot. We also talked about not getting too excited one way or the other about how these practices unfold. Congemi played four years as a starter at Pitt and nine years in the CFL, so I'm going to listen to what he has to say. And he said these are all about putting guys in uncomfortable positions so that it's easier to respond when that time does come. And also that it's all very situational. We don't know the play calls or the scripts of the practice. So we don't know when it is like third and 12 and the end of the half. And you have to take a shot and try to fit the context into what's actually happening on the football field. Context is king. And really, I cannot wait to work more with John Congemi in the future. He is a great resource. So that's a wrap. We'll get into our player media availability. And let's go ahead and start here first with New Dolphins defensive end. Emmanuel Ogba, as he first discussed his versatility and playing multiple roles on this multiple Dolphins defense. Uh, I would say it's all about technique, you know. So um, I know we have good coach in Austin to help me out, you know, play technique right. And Coach Hobby, too, is also helping me out play technique right just to get me um, used to the feel of the game, even though we don't have any preseason games, but we have good practice work out there. You heard him mention Coach Clark. That, of course, is Dolphins outside linebackers coach Austin Clark. Up next, a question I had for Emmanuel about his length and hands and how it benefits him in this defense. Hey, Emmanuel, how's it going, man? I just wanted to talk about something that I noticed when I watch you play that really stands out, and that's your length and the way you use your heavy hands. I was curious if you could tell us how you think those traits are really emphasized in this defensive scheme. As a D-lineman, hands are everything, and also my length helps out a lot. So if I, I feel like if I could get my hands on the offensive lineman, I've defeated him. So I just do my best to get my hands on him as fast as I can. So. Up next, Emmanuel talks about his goals and how he wants to help this team win games in 2020. Well, yeah, I'm just ready to do my part, you know, help the team win. I don't really like to set big goals. I just get to do my part, you know, just to help the team win games, really. If that's sacking the QB, hitting the QB, you know, tackle for loss, tackling, just doing my part to help the team win. That's why I'm here. And it was very short and sweet there with Emmanuel. But up next, we got to hear from Dolphins rookie cornerback, the 30th pick in the draft, Noah Igbenogany. And up first, he was asked about the same takeaway board that Eric Rowe mentioned on the podcast on his media availability on Tuesday and how he's working to get to the top of that board here in this Dolphins defensive backfield. Oh, it's a um, it's a very good way to inspire. I feel like inspire all of us just to, just to get better and to push ourselves in practice. Um, especially the point system or whatever it is, awards that come out of it, gifts come out of it. Um, it, it just pushes all of us, makes us all, uh, makes it a competition. And we all love competition here. It just makes us better. Um, the pit, whatever it is, the pigs, PVUs, running to the ball, stuff like that. And so I feel like it just makes um, all of us do what we need to do in practice. And next he was asked about having no preseason games here in his rookie season and talked about how that's kind of a good chance for rookies to make their mistakes in those games and how they won't have that opportunity this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I would have uh, been good having a preseason. I, I feel like every rookie um, in the past, uh, that's, that's, what, that's some of the games where they're, um, they make most of their mistakes at. And so um, now it's just practice for me, and that's just how it is. Is the reality, and I have to adjust. I have to 
um, have to be able just to just to, just to make it and just to, um, what's the word? Just just be able to uh, to get better every single day. That's really what it is. Um, preseason, no preseason, no matter what. Um, I have to do my job out there. Do do my job out there on the field. Um, I make mistakes on the field every every single day, and so I'm just getting better in that. Um, and uh, putting the mistakes down. And up next was me. Hey Noah, how's it going, man? I wanted to ask you about um, a lot of the talented receivers that you saw in the SEC the last couple of years, and now you're getting plenty of looks against Parker and Williams out there. How has seeing all those big-time talented receivers really helped accelerate your learning curve as a cornerback since you just started playing the position two years ago? Uh, I really feel like that's how I learned, um, 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 going against receivers like that, um, knowing, um, getting the feel of how, how receivers like that are. Uh, Preston and Devontae and Jakeem and all those guys, they're, they're highly talented receivers as well. And so me being used to be going against receivers every single week in SEC and stuff like that, I really feel like it uh, gave me an advantage coming into the NFL a little bit. Um, it's, it's still an adjustment. It's still something I'm, I'm still working on because um, the game, the speed of the game is different. Um, just just offenses are, are more um, um, are smarter and stuff like that. And so this is something I got to get used to, and I'm doing that every single day. I mean, Noah went up against multiple first-round draft picks there from Alabama, LSU, even his own teammates there at Auburn, so that was a good answer. A good question there, I thought, to ask him. Up next, we're going to go ahead and hear from him about the play where he did slam the turf with his fist after that Preston Williams catch and his fiery competitive nature and how he hates to lose. Oh, no, that's not, I'm not out of care. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a fiery guy. Um, I like to win. I like to win a lot. Um, I'm a competitor at heart. Um, that's just uh, what I've been since I was a kid, and so... Um, um, him catching the ball on me, this is, I don't like that, um, um, no matter who it is against. And so, um, you just, uh, y'all just saw a little reaction. And so up next, Noah evaluates how he thinks he's done against Preston Williams, Devonte Parker, and this Dolphins receiver core so far through three days of training camp. Um, I feel like I've been doing pretty good. Of course, I would like to do better. Of course, I don't want them to catch any balls on me at all. That's just the type of dude I am, but um, it's going to happen. Um, and I've just, um, a few practices in, in the league. And so it's going to happen just getting used to it, but um, eventually we'll get there. We'll get to a point where I'm shutting down a little bit. And so uh, we'll, we'll get to that eventually. And on the topic of guys that work their butts off, up next we had wide receiver Isaiah Ford, who was first asked about his work ethic, being on the practice field every day after practice, getting extra work in with the quarterbacks on the jugs machine, and where he learned that work ethic and had it instilled from him at an early age. Yeah, uh, I think that's something that was kind of instilled in me when I was younger. You know, um, just going to watch my parents um, work extremely hard, working multiple jobs, my mom and my father. So I think it started at a young age and uh, just kind of carried uh, throughout my entire uh, playing career, whether, whatever sport that was, you know, uh, you want success, you're going to have to put in work um, and put in extra work at times too. So I think that's just kind of where it, where it started. Next, Isaiah was asked about what makes this season different for him and how he prepared himself in the off season to get ready for the 2020 season. Uh, this this uh, off season, I worked extremely hard on just preparing my body um, mentally uh, and physically. Uh, yeah, I, I am actually 200 pounds now, um, and that was a big goal of mine for for a while. Um, so, me and uh, our nutritionist have been working extremely hard on that. And then uh, this off season, I've worked extremely hard on you know focusing on the, the little details and little muscles, uh, stability and balance and core and all those things, kind of strengthen everything around my major muscle group and so. And next, here is Isaiah talking about his daily approach and how he works to get better when it gets in season, like right now, during training camp. I just take it one day at a time. Um, you know, uh, throughout this entire process, through my, uh, it's going into my fourth year, um, I've learned that you can only control what you can control. You know, and it sounds cliche, but it's the truth. So um, whether that's me being intentional and 
getting to meetings on early or staying after doing work or studying extra, you know, or whatever, whatever I have to do, whatever that's in my control that I can, I can actually physically do and take control of. I, I try to do those things and let the chips fall where they may. And for perhaps the first and maybe last time I asked a player about something that didn't have to do with football, here's my question to Isaiah Ford. Hey, Isaiah, how's it going? Good to see you again, man. Um, I wanted to steer the conversation here away from football for just one second, because the last time we talked was about your foundation. And I just wanted you to update me on how things are going with the Be The Change Foundation. Yeah, no, so things are going really well. Um, we got a big donation uh, right after um, we had the conversation last time. I don't want to uh, say who it was, but it's somebody that was really uh near and dear to my heart and so I was extremely happy about that but the foundation is going well we're still um raising money um for the GoFundMe and um if we raise enough money we might even be able to do uh, two scholarships which would be pretty cool too so quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick has praised Isaiah Ford for his knowledge of the offense and his studious habits for the game here is Ford talking about that relationship and, and Fitzpatrick's claim that he knows the offense super super well unique thing about uh coach Gailey is that um he allows us freedom within the within the routes that we um, are running, um, and, and as a as a wideout, that's something that you really want to hear. You know, to be be able to be creative and have that freedom to kind of um, paint your own picture when you're running routes, and not just have to go straight lines. But um, in terms of the offense, it's just like any other offense. You know, you're gonna have to actually put in time to learn the playbook and uh, implement the things. And I think the more that we can do collectively as a group to kind of learn full conceptually uh, instead of just one position, I think the better would be in terms of everyone being able to move around and things like that. And we'll go ahead and finish up here with a question posed to Isaiah about how last year's late season surge and late season success for him helped in his development heading into this year, his fourth season as a Miami Dolphin. I think it's helped a ton. Um, And even being able to take those mental reps um, from the guys that I've learned from in the past, whether it's been, um, Kenny or Danny down the road to Albert and then Allen um, when he came on just kind of watching film with those guys and getting able to being able to pick their, their brains and things like that and then getting in the quarterback's room and, and watching film with Josh and uh, Fitz you know last year and um, just seeing what they're seeing and understanding the little nuances to help you see coverages and defenses better to get a better feel of, of where to be at you know and the time and everything like that so I think um, that's played an extremely role uh, not only uh, building my confidence but helping me go out there and play because now I'm not thinking so much I'm just going out there and playing fast and so there he goes Dolphins wide receiver Isaiah Ford we heard from him we heard from Emmanuel Ogba we heard from Noah Igbenogany and coach Flores and got you all the practice notes and details from this Wednesday three days down tomorrow's a player day off we'll be back with you guys though on tomorrow for tomorrow for another edition of the drive time podcast but as for today's time that is going to be my time As the official wellness provider and sports medicine provider of the Miami Dolphins, Baptist Health is ready and committed to continue caring for you safely. This pandemic has reminded us that crisis doesn't build character, it reveals it. It's also taught us that our health is truly what matters most. We have the power to protect each other by wearing a mask. So who do you wear a mask for? Mask up South Florida, keep caring, live healthy, stay strong, and learn more at baptisthealth.net slash coronavirus. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast from, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at WingfieldNFL. Follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible podcast, and of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time.
fins up.